What is the only film broadcast by the UK's Sky Comedy Channel every February the 2nd? The answer to that at the end of the show. My name's Tom Scott and this is Lateral. Welcome to the show that defies convention and celebrates innovation, which is just as well because I've just accidentally put salt in my coffee. We start today with, from the channel Technology Connections, Alec Watson. Hello. How are you doing today, Alec? It's uh, first time on the show for you, but uh, we've we've <laughs> done a lot of stuff, haven't we? We've You've appeared on uh, Disconnected a while back, I think. Yeah, I think it was the first time I ever did anything with you, and then randomly you've showed up in Chicago... So that happened. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. We've been on roller coasters together. That's the yeah. Uh... <laughs> for for everybody in Chicagoland, I got Tom Scott on the Wizard. So oh, I did my part. I feel like a roller coaster is like an intimate experience. <laughs> I mean, the Wizard would be if we were in the same cart yeah. because yeah. it's it's a very strange roller coaster where you're basically sitting in like an armchair with a lap belt. It's a it's a very strange old thing. Is it called the Wizard because it like would make you whiz. No, whiz is around. <laughs> or for the sound of whizzing. Uh, not really sure. I don't like the way this conversation has gone at all, uh, <laughs> but we're going to roll with it and we'll go next to uh, joining us from Nothing But Tech, Jackson Dallas. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, we have never been on a roller coaster together, but we were at YouTube headquarters. I think that's where we first met. Yes, and Tom was recognized by many a people People were stoked about the videos, like freaking out every time they saw you. It turns out if you if you did videos about computer science a few years ago, and then you go to the YouTube engineering office, <laughs> a few people might recognize who you are. It was it was a little awkward. How are things yeah. going with you, Jacqueline? Good. I'm so excited about the show. I was watching a bunch of the episodes over the last few weeks. It's like such a unique concept. I feel like no one's doing this on YouTube. <laughs> and you know why? Because finding three guests for every episode <laughs> is really, really difficult. And finding like, good trivia. Which brings us to our third player today, Beryl Shavashevsky, who has, I think, the most joyful YouTube channel I've seen in a long time about different cultures' foods. Wow, thank you. Yes, hi. <laughs> you got to describe your format here because you're going to do a better job than I am. Yeah, the concept is I take one food or like a feeling associated with food. So it was like comfort food. And then I ask my audience from all over the world what comes to mind for them. And I send them a guide and they record an interview and talk about their dish to everybody. And I attempt to cook it. So it's five dishes from five countries or cultures per episode that I make in my tiny New York City kitchen. That is such a cool concept. It's crazy. Like on any given day, I'm cooking a Mongolian dish, a Cambodian dish, Nicaraguan food. And wow. like, you know, I don't know. It's just wild. And I'm just like, cool. Occasionally, someone will come up with a format that I'm, it's so good that I'm slightly angry I didn't think about yeah. it. Never mind, I can't cook. <laughs> it's just like, oh, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. Well, Good luck to all three of you with today's show. Uh, before we begin, uh, I just want to say uh, Fish 42 Purple Wednesday. And if you thought that didn't make sense, here come the questions. We start with this. A replica bust is sold online. The rear of the bust has room to store 14 pens or pencils, though it should probably store nine more. Why does it look familiar? And one more time, a replica bust is sold online. The rear of the bust has room to store 14 pens or pencils, though it should probably store nine more. Why does it look familiar? So what? it needs to be storing 23, but I don't 
really know what ha- what 23 letters wait what what is 23 significant of <laughs> uh, chromosomes Ooh. a small percentage of the audience got this immediately on you saying the word 23 and well now we're spending the next five minutes screaming <laughs> at, their, at their speakers oh no it wasn't chromosomes was it the word that i just spat it out? wasn't chromosomes ah oh, darn so when I think of the, when you say the rear of a bust, are we talking like the back of a skull, like someone's I head? I automatically think of like Beethoven bust for some reason, because that's like the most famous. Well, maybe that's not the most famous bust, but that's just the bust I always think about. Like, it feels like you're onto something with Tom's reaction to that. It's, it's best not to second, second guess what's going on on this face. I just I think I'm frustrated because I feel like 23 should be obvious as to what it what it what it is it should hold just... 23 but it doesn't oh right it doesn't it only holds 14 yeah there wasn't quite enough room to fit 23 in there pens or pencils and nothing else either hmm. what would you need all those pens and pencils for any papers art like an art kit so is this like uh, i mean i'm not good with art but like a bust of da vinci you're along the right lines with sort of person from history I'll, I'll give you that much. It's it's a it looks familiar because you will have probably seen something like this before. I feel like I'm like fidgeting so much right now because I'm like, what is? It? <laughs> I, I can't figure it out. So I I figure if I perch myself on a chair, I'll uh-huh. be in prime thinking position. Like, oh, who's that guy who like thinks? Isn't that a famous bust as well? Like the thinker, but that has nothing to do with twenty three. I'm just thinking of. 23 and 14. Well, if we're we're going with art, like primary color sets or something like that. Ooh, like one of like the palettes? Something like that. Or or we could do like, no, I think we were landing on art. So, but like 2014, but there should be 23. There's a difference of nine. 14 days in the week. I mean, 14 days in two weeks. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm, I'm like, like well, going to try to stay on the same different... track. <laughs> I've too high. I didn't even notice that. I was trying to think, is that close? Is that <laughs> And then I did, just completely didn't notice the number was wrong. So I went boom, straight over my head. Yeah, 14. Mine too. <laughs> You're right that it's a person from history. Okay. The design is very apt. Think about how it might look rather than specifically what you might put in it. Maybe because it goes in the rear, it's something with a butt instead of the back of a head being open. Well, I was, you know, when, when you said the, the back of a bust, I was thinking like something with spiky hair, but that's not ringing but, any bells. Like maybe it's, maybe it's actually their back and oh. not like, maybe it's like, maybe it's actually... Like, I don't know. So Maybe. what famous figure was stabbed 23 times in the back? Ooh! Julius Caesar was stabbed in the back. 23 times. Absolutely hey. right. <laughs> See, I knew the question, but I didn't know the answer. <laughs> wow! Uh, yes, this is a bust of Julius Caesar pencil holder, because apparently tragedy and uh, death oh. do become entirely merchantizable after a couple <laughs> thousand years. So that this is... is dark. This is a Julius Caesar pencil holder, which only has room for 14 pencil pencils in the back. 
We go to Jacqueline for the first guest question of the show, whenever you're ready. This question has been sent in by Kabdi Dabdi, and it says, though it varies, karate belts generally range from white for beginners through yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, brown, and black for experts. Other martial arts have roughly similar systems. Why this order? Okay, the question again is, though it varies, karate belts generally range from white for beginners through yellow, orange, green, blue, purple, brown, and black for experts. Other martial arts have roughly similar systems. Why this order? Is that like the color of your bruise as it darkens when you've been hit by somebody who's a master? I love that idea. (laughs) I I don't think it is because I think older bruises get (laughs) yellow. Like I feel like that's oh, in that's, reverse. I guess actually that's right. You're you're so you're super close though. Really? Oh, oh man! Oh, I, what I was bruise getting, color? <laughs> I was thinking it was like because it gets dirtier over time. Like you just keep using the same belt for years and years and years, and they just that, steadily get. Tom, you're that's the answer. Oh really? Oh yeah. The, the, the answer is the belt color <laughs> gets darker as your belt gets dirtier. I was I was just thinking like you said it was you started with. Well, no, that's not right because it starts at red. I was like, "That's the spectrum," but no, it's not. So no, it starts from white. Right, right, right. But the with the colors went not quite rainbow order. My brain wasn't working. I was just going. They they're getting darker and murky. Like, oh, that, and then you then you said bruises, and it's nearly that. Like, oh no, it actually okay. Well, what happened there was I accidentally said the right answer very early on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did not know that one. So interestingly. There were actually no colored belts in martial arts when it started. But um, what happened is by not washing the belts, the belts were kind of used as a sign of progression. So naturally, the belt colors changed as people were doing more and more martial arts. Man, I, I just, I, yeah, sorry, folks, just just went in on a, on a punt and happened to get that one right. Sorry. Yeah, well, dude, what's also wild is like um, they were saying back in the day, people obviously didn't wash them, but now they recommend washing it for hygiene reasons. And in 1936, um, one of the main teachers moved to France, and he was the one that actually introduced colored belts to help the students feel like they were making some type of progress. Ah. Now you can wash the belts, but they're colored. I actually remember I did martial arts, and I I only got to yellow, so it was like the second belt, really like no progress. But it does feel like you're like completing a mission when you get a new belt color. All right, we move swiftly on then to this one sent in by Luke. Thank you very much. The environmental play, Are We Not Drawn Onward to New Era, begins cryptically. The audience don't understand the Belgian performers, nor the mess they make of the stage. Suddenly, the actors stop performing, and the audience becomes increasingly impressed. Why? I'll say that one more time. The environmental play, Are We Not Drawn Onward to New Era, begins cryptically. The audience don't understand the Belgian performers, nor the mess they make of the stage. Suddenly, the actors stop performing, and the audience becomes increasingly impressed. Why? So the idea is that in the beginning, the audience is just, like, not impressed either. They're like, this is a joke. Like, even if they don't get it, they just become impressed, whereas before, they were not impressed by what was happening on stage. When you said that they don't understand the Belgian performers, does that mean literally it's a different language or they don't understand what's going on? You know what? I'm going to I'm going to leave that question out there because I don't think I can give that away right uh, now. That's one of those, isn't it? 
But you're right, that is a very carefully phrased question, Alec. Mm. Yeah, I feel like it probably, well, I guess like my gut is not a language thing, but like they don't understand like what's happening. Although maybe it's also something meant to be like a crude joke against. I feel like they wouldn't mention Belgium if it wasn't important in some way, because otherwise they could have just said performers. I would yeah. tell some jokes about oil, but they are all too crude. Oh. Uh-huh. oh. <laughs> I thought what I was going to talk about waffles was bad, but that was... That was <laughs> okay, a, a hook has just appeared vaudeville-style from offstage, just about to yank me off the, uh, off the screen. So uh, what I'm now picturing is, like, do they immediately come on the set and start destroying it? I was kind of picturing, like, people, a lot of people don't take, like, the environmental issue seriously enough, and so there's, like, a lot of chaos, and people just think it's, like, normal, and then when they stop, then everyone notices that the on stage. That was like my first thought. My first thought was from that movie Hook where they have that food fight and it's okay. with all that like sherbet colored Play-Doh and it doesn't make any sense. And then as the audience, you figure it out. So I just imagined it was a ginormous Ooh. food fight that then everybody got to be a part of. And I want to go to that show mm-hmm. if it exists. But it's when they stop that then the audience becomes impressed. Increasingly impressed. As Increasingly time impressed. So I imagine they're not just sitting there in silence, impressed by that. Increasingly impressed sounds like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like that's increasingly impressed. So they have to keep upping the ante. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you would just be yeah, baseline true. impressed if it was the same thing happening. Just the, oh. So maybe it's hard for them to stop like whatever they were doing. Like acrobatic tricks like at mm-hmm. Cirque du Soleil. I'm definitely increasingly impressed when I go to that show. Yeah. Are they doing circus tricks? <laughs> uh, I haven't seen the play. I don't think they're performing circus tricks, but yeah, they're, they're making an increasing mess during that confusing part. Maybe it's like they're just, yeah, maybe they're destroying the set and then in the destruction of the set comes the rebirth of a new set. Yeah. And everyone's like, this is the set. Yes. Like the the construction when they begin is not... The f- is not, or uh, it's like a puzzle that's not put together, but it's put together in a different way that makes sense. So they destroy it. <gasps> what if it's all in reverse and they, <gasps> everything is a mess and then they're doing it in reverse Ooh. and in reverse, everything comes back together? That's it. I don't know where that came from, Beryl, but yes, that's it. What? Wow, you're just killing <laughs> the it. Actors stop performing. The entire first half has been filmed and they then play it backwards for the second half of the show. That's so cool. So what's the reason that the audience can't understand them? It's all in reverse. Because it's in the wrong order. I'm also increasingly impressed hearing all of this. So they're speaking backwards words. They are speaking English backwards for the entire first half. Ah, that's increasingly making a mess of the stage. And then it's filmed and played in reverse and... As the cleanup happens on screen, the audience is now impressed with both the trick and the fact that this was all said backwards. That's incredible. That you just got so that. Cool. Yeah. I oh would like God. to see this. There is a clue in the name, which is Are We Not Drawn Onward to New Era? Ah, uh, is it Palindrome? There we go. Yes. Uh. The last letter <laughs> of that is a capital. It reads the same forwards as backwards. That's it. And uh, that was an Edinburgh Fringe show that's gone on to uh, greater things since. Alec, next question's from you whenever you're ready. All right. This question has been sent in by Robert Spencer. 
Trinity College in Cambridge, England hires out punts, flat-bottomed, shallow boats, to students and tourists. The college has punts with names such as Fluffy, Lithium, and Grace. What's the joke? I'll read that again. Trinity College in Cambridge, England hires out punts, flat-bottomed, shallow boats, to students and tourists. The college has punts with names such as Fluffy, Lithium, and Grace. What's the joke? Is it a Harry Potter joke? Because Fluffy was the name of the three-headed dog in the first epi- in the first movie, and they all take the punts to get to Hogwarts. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were about to say they all take Lithium. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all on Lithium. <laughs> Not quite, but you're on a very good track there. I feel like I should know this. This is something that must have crossed my sphere of knowledge at some point. It's not like I went to Cambridge, but I know folks who did. I've, I've seen the punts. I, I feel like I should know this, and it is incredibly frustrating that I cannot connect Fluffy, Lithium, and Grace in my head. What is uh, the short, like, what is Lithium as a shortened chemical compound Ooh, name? like an element? Is it L, yeah, is it like L-I? I think that's L-I. Yeah, I think it's yeah. L-I. Pretty sure that's right, but that's not going it to be It does not matter. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, get off that track. <laughs> okay, so what what other connections are there? If we go with pop culture, Lithium is a Nirvana Nirvana album? song. N- song. Song, not album, right? Oh, maybe it's an album, but it's definitely a song. I'm smiling because I'm really happy with the direction you're going. Ooh. <laughs> Oh. But don't don't think it's happy in a, a productive way. <laughs> and Grace. That's like the generic name. It's like both of them are random and then you just have like Grace. Grace Jones, Grace Kelly, Grace. Saying saying Grace before you eat your meal. Ooh. Well, I will say I have Beryl, you have already said something that's very helpful. I think it was a Harry Potter track, the first thing you said. Yes. Oh, yeah, about Fluffy from the first movie. So they're three-headed? It was the dog that kept the um, the orb thing. The <laughs> None of us have deep Harry Potter knowledge here. <laughs> never. I feel like I should have it because I'm peak millennial, but like it's, <laughs> it's like... The thing. I've never seen them. No. Nope. <gasps> so other colleges wouldn't have been able to do this joke? Oh, damn it. It's Trinity College. So it's three, Trinity, three. Fluffy has three heads. Trinity is three something, but okay. Lithium, is lithium the third element? I believe it is. And grace is the third of the virtues? In this case, grace refers to the three graces, beautiful goddesses in Greek mythology. Trinity. The clue is Trinity. Nice. Oh, you killed that, Tom. I feel like I should have got a Matrix reference in there first before going straight for Trinity College there. Well, and uh, also some of the other punts that were not named were Weird Sister and Baryon. I don't know if that would have helped Weird anyone. Sister, I know. Baryon, I have no idea what that is. It sounds like a cereal from America, though. <laughs> it's a subatomic particle that contains at least three quarks. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, of course. Of okay, course. But, but I love that, like... Baryon crunch could be a thing. Yeah, because, <laughs> it sounds good. T- I'd buy technically it. That, technically, you are eating a lot of baryons there, like un- uncountable numbers of them. And I only know that because of a Star Trek reference. 
I only that because of a deep, nerdy Star Trek reference that in one episode of The Next Generation, they had to do something called a baryon sweep to clear baryons out of the Enterprise. <laughs> oh, yes, I've is, seen that one. That is, that is what everything is made of. That's just, that's like saying you just need to, you just need to remove all the atoms from this starship in order to clean it. <laughs> there are even more punts called Wise Monkey and Wise Man, which I think would have been the, the final ones to help you all out if, if we needed to get there. <laughs> Next question is based on an idea that came in from Jojo, so thank you very much. In 2016, using a tiny sample size of 45, scientists were able to estimate that the average Chinese adult consumed 3.1 cigarettes and 8.1 millilitres of pure alcohol per day. How? One more time. In 2016, using a tiny sample size of 45, scientists were able to estimate that the average Chinese adult consumed 3.1 cigarettes and 8.1 milliliters of pure alcohol per day. How? Okay, well, I think the first, my, my first thought is that averages are immediately skewed by extremes. So um, it's very easy to have like an older part of the population maybe like smokes a lot or drinks a lot, then skew the data completely. I think I've landed upon something that is probably very close to correct, but I don't want to just say that. Okay, you you get to take the gamble here, Alec, which is that you get to sit back, you let Beryl and Jacqueline take this question, and we hope you're right. If not, uh, you you come back in later on. Okay. Well, my thought is that like the small sample size needs to somehow be representative of something much larger so like the 45 has to actually be way more and like how is it like 45 sets of identical triplets Mm. (laughs) so they all have the same dna and so it can like be representative of a larger sample size or so because like yeah 45 doesn't work on its own to give you an accurate number so how can that 45 actually be really big yeah you've spotted that it's not 45 people Oh, 45 districts, 45 <sighs> groups from like different age, like demographics. No, they, they only took 45 samples. They only had to analyze 45 samples here to get that, that estimate. 45 samples of what? Like samples of like, like spit, samples of blood, samples of toenails, samples of hair. Sample, it could be a sample of anything. Samples of... This is a G show. I don't know. Like it could be. <laughs> it could be samples of. Well, like the... it was until that joke. <laughs> it could be samples of like their garbage or something, and they could see how like much, like how many cigarettes Ooh. are discarded or how much alcohol is discarded. Like neighborhood garbage cans, yeah. So that they would then be able to look through and be like, oh, but a sample. So they looked at a sample of forty-five and figured out smoking and drinking habits. Yeah. Trash does connect. Because that could easily be skewed, right? Because if you have like a chain smoker, they could be throwing out a lot more in the trash than like the average person, which would show the skewed data. Ah, what if it's like public ashtrays and it was like Ooh. like 45 locations in around like a town because like people walk in smoke and also like at the end of the night, like at least, you know, in New York City, there's like always empty bottles like True. in the morning, usually filled with pee, but like before oh. then they're not. <laughs> But I just mean like the morning after you can get a sense of what happened the night prior. You're getting very close with that. Okay. Alec, are we close to where you were? Yes. 
but I was thinking the sample was probably taken prior to consumption. Ooh, what do you mean? But then how would you know if they consumed it? Like, I have a bottle of whiskey in my house that I've not touched. It doesn't mean I'm drinking it. I was I was just thinking, so maybe this isn't correct, but I was just thinking you could just look at like 45 liquor stores and tobacco shops and count the sales versus the number of buyers. Oh. Now, in this case, Alec, I don't think you could be more wrong with that statement. Oh, no, really? Okay. Uh, Ooh. The girls were closer. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, interesting. I feel like there's something with the public, like public sampling, because it has to be skewed. Because I would be shocked if the average person was having three cigarettes a day. So they have to be. Because it was it. also like I feel like we were close on the trash part. I agree. Right? Landfills. Uh, or again, very close. Gutters. People throw stuff into the gutter, and then it gets stuck in the drain pipes and stuff. So they cleared out and they checked water treatment. Forty-five water treatment facilities. I'm going to give you that one, Beryl. That's close enough. You know when you were just listing bodily fluids and things like that and then you stopped? You should have kept going. (laughs) Wow, I've never heard that before, but I I will next time. (laughs) My brain did think like about the um, COVID prevalence in wastewater. I was like, well, maybe they could do that with nicotine and alcohol. Sewage epidemiology is the term. Yep, you can do that for COVID prevalence, but you can do it for nicotine and alcohol and yeah, three point one. So it cigarettes. did come back to pee. It absolutely did come back to pee. Yes. Wow. <laughs> you, you cut yourself you know, off on saying it's a G show. I don't want to talk about bodily waste, and then, <laughs> and then, yes, it <laughs> back around. I was close on the pee because I talked about the pee in the in the morning in New York City. I should have kept on that pee train. <laughs> yeah. So yes, when when I say accurate, um, it was it was not three point one cigarettes per person. It was the nicotine usage over the whole population can yeah. be pretty accurately checked by testing wastewater. Our last guest question of the show then is from Beryl. Take it away. This question has been sent in by Francois Reinka. In 2005, a hunter was fined 200 euro for the unauthorized killing of a sparrow in the Frisian Expo Center of Leeuwarden, the Netherlands. Many people were thankful since the sparrow was an immediate threat to the annual event held there. What was it? I'll read it one more time. In 2005, a hunter was fined 200 euro for the unauthorized killing of a sparrow in the Frisian Expo Center in Leeuwarden, the Netherlands. Many people were thankful since the sparrow was an immediate threat to the annual event held there. What was it? There's a lot of hooks in that question that I don't don't know where to start. (laughs) A lot of rabbit holes to go down. My first thought was that's a weird law to have for like 200 euros to kill a sparrow, but I guess that just falls under cruelty to animals. Like you can't randomly go out and start killing sparrows. Yeah. It's also interesting that people were grateful though. Yeah, I'm trying to think of an event that like a bird is, you said expo center, right? Mm, Yeah. So can we assume this is an indoor thing? It could be indoor or outdoor, by the way, though. Okay, so that doesn't matter. Um, Just what would a bird, so what does the Netherlands do? They have a lot of bikes there. Okay, let's let's run through the Netherlands. <laughs> they, they wear a lot of orange. They've got a lot of canals and really good trains. And flowers, right? That's mm. where the flower auction is. Yes. Yes, but I don't think that's where the big flower market is. That's going to be near the airport. Now, do flowers have anything to do with this? No. 
Because oh, okay, I was gonna like be like, I wonder if birds affect like flowers, but yeah, yeah pollination or something like they were gonna cause crossbreeding. Yeah, pollination. That was. Yeah. Okay, what else do I know about the Netherlands? Uh, New Year's Eve, they let off a dangerous amount of fireworks. Um, <laughs> I love that you know that. That's so neat. I've got a friend who lives in uh, Rotterdam, and okay. every single year she's just complaining on New Year's because the Dutch just buy industrial quantities of fireworks you shouldn't set off near people and then just set them off near people. Like, it, it's... Wild. Year-end in the Netherlands is just a lot of explosions. Um, I suspect that's got nothing to do with the dead sparrow, but... Dude, maybe there was, like, an expo for, like, yeah, no. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the fact that you said that they wear a lot of orange. Like, is that general knowledge that the Dutch wear a lot of orange? I've just been in Amsterdam on Queen's Day, and uh, it, it's just a sea of bright orange. That is the national colour. Mm. Oh, that's fun. I mean, that has not, that's not going to help you over here, but okay. that was a good tangent. Also, Frisian Expo. The only connection I've got with Frisian is like Frisian cows, but I don't think that's, that's what's going on here. It's going to be the region. So were the things in this expo like particularly fragile? They were difficult to set up. You said hunter. Like, is, mm. is this one of those things where someone has brought in a bird of prey to try and take down? Because there's, there's railway stations in the UK where they will hire in a bird of prey just as a, as a pigeon scarer to keep no the birds way. away. It's not... It's not actually meant to uh, kill the birds. It's just meant to be, here is a giant predator flying around and all the pigeons decide they'd much rather live somewhere else. No. <laughs> there, was a, there was a slight bit of joy in that note. <laughs> Try again, Tom. I want to pull back on, if, if there were a random bird flying around this expo center, it would wreak some form of havoc. Yes. Mm. People be scared by being convenient. Oh, I wonder if there are other animals coming to this expo or something and the bird would scare them. It's a tiny little bird, though. Like, oh, it's, the, it's the International Mouse Expo and they're terrified that... Wait, you said difficult to set up. Oh. Um, yeah. Is it like... a? It's like one of those domino runs where they're just setting up an enormous <laughs> string of dominoes and there is a bird that is going to come in and flap and flap and at some point going to hit yes. it and they're just terrified. And like the airflow yeah. from the bird. Yes, that's correct. Hey! <laughs> Killed it. Um, yeah, so uh, this was a domino day, which was televised between 1998 and 2009, where builders were challenged to beat the record for the number of dominoes toppled. And uh, if left to fly around, the sparrow would have caused a major section of the domino displays to fall early. I, I, think, I think I'd rephrase that as the sparrow would have won. <laughs> <laughs> the notes are a little bit confusing. It says, if left to fly around, the sparrow could have caused a major section of the domino display to fall early. And then it says, it knocked over 23,000 dominoes before it was killed by an extermination company. So I'm not sure. It, maybe there's two sparrow instances. No, that twenty-three thousand dominoes is not much for a domino run. Yeah, that's that's a tiny, tiny fraction. Like they'd be putting millions up for something like that. It's going to be a massive expo hall. That's why it's indoors. Like a gust of wind would start knocking that over. Yeah, it says in two thousand nine there were four point five million dominoes in the in the expo. Wow. So twenty three thousand is, is minor damage for a sparrow, and all of a sudden <laughs> you have all these domino 
setter-uppers. There's got to be a term for that, but I don't know what it is. Um, just kind of terrified of a tiny little bird. Yeah, they're like dominant artists. We have time for the rare bonus question because we've rattled through those so fast. Congratulations to all of you. Uh, and thank you to Alex Slope for sending this one in. Fordite is a material that is cut and polished into jewellery stones. It's noted for its multitude of stripes or layers in different bright, sometimes psychedelic colours. How was it produced? And one more time, Fordite is a material that is cut and polished into jewellery stones. It's noted for its multitude of stripes or layers in different bright, sometimes psychedelic colours. How was it produced? This one I definitely know. Oh! I thought you might. The minute I saw that, I thought, if there's anyone who knows this one, it's going to be Alec. Which actually might be a little bit of a clue to the other people here. Okay. So that means it's some old tech. Yeah. That's what I'm gathering. So it's not made the way that we made rock candy in middle school of like a piece of wood and sugar that we leave in a Dixie cup overnight. Mm. Maybe it's a. Uh, Is that like an American thing? I've never. Yeah, I've never that. done that before. I feel like that's just you. But what? now I'm gonna have to try it. <laughs> yeah, Wait, I don't you think guys that's didn't... the thing that I. <laughs> I was gonna let that roll past as like, oh, this is clearly something all the Americans know about. Yeah, right no. <laughs> Wait, what? You guys weren't all growing rock candy crystals in elementary school? No, but that's dope. Wow, my school was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's just brush past the uh, weird personal development we've now learned. <laughs> um, so this is a, a gemstone that uses old tech to make lots of psychedelic colors. Yes, with stripes and patterns. I mean, not technically a gemstone, a, a material, but yeah. Like a glass, a piece of like, like, you know how like when you make a loom... And you have to string the different colors together and you knot it. And then maybe you can press it down really hard with a lot of pressure. And then boom. Like my first thought was like CDs. Because CDs like reflect light really interestingly. Like they have like a rainbow light. And that's old tech. It's called called Fortnite? Like the game? Fordite. Oh, Fordite. F-O-R-D-I-T-E. It's old Ford cars that get chopped up. And the seatbelts become... The pieces that you wear around your neck. (laughs) This is a Wrangler from 1995. (laughs) That would be old tech and you're in the right area. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Keep talking and eventually you'll get some. (laughs) Uh, So it's like chopped up bits of something old. Yeah. Old eight track players. (laughs) Old VCRs. You're getting colder. Colder. (laughs) So it's got to be related to cars then. Okay. Uh, So it's like used car parts. And they're somehow taking the car parts and then making it this material. Batteries. Fordite is from Ford. Okay. Oh, it's from Ford. Okay. So it's a Ford part for a car. I mean, not necessarily Ford. It it could be any similar old manufacturer. But yeah, it's it's named after the car company. The only thing I can think of then are like, like gear shifts that people like, the little knobs on that, and also hood ornaments. But like, what else in a car... Mm. Hood ornaments is smart because those can be like melted down. Could you could you talk to me about how you made that rock candy? <laughs> <laughs> the, it's like a sugar water, and then the sugar evaporates and sticks to a wooden dowel that you put in, and then it forms crystals, and then you can yeah, eat it's like, it. It's like a super saturated solution. You stick a stick in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wow. great. You can buy it. Oh, does that have something to do with this? Something evaporates onto a wooden dowel and you eat it as a eight-year-old? 
I mean, no, but <laughs> it's that sort of building something up over time. Okay. Every single Jeep rank or every single Ford F-150 that's ever been done, they take little bits and then they stack them on top and slice them like a piece of cheese and compress them down. And then that's the jewelry. Nailed it. That is, <laughs> you're missing a key part of that. But actually, that's kind of what happens. Oh like, my God. It's, it's, <laughs> there's one key section there that you're missing. Mm. But yeah, every, every car that was manufactured, a little bit of it ended up in Fordite. Oh, like when they're grinding, when they're cutting the metal and they're shaving the metal down, yeah. all that little bits and stuff, and then they gather it and then they, they sell it. But that Smart. wouldn't be very colorful, would it? Then they put food dye in it, like Easter eggs. No, maybe it's after they paint the cars or something, like the extra on the assembly line. Yeah, that's it. It's the overspray. So for years and years and years, Ford cars would be spray painted. They don't use that anymore. They've got more modern ways of doing it. But they would just spray the cars. The paint would build up on every indoor surface around wow. steadily over time. And so at some point, someone started chipping that off and realized actually all these different layers of colors from all the cars cool. have been painted. We can make jewelry out of that. And that is Fordite. I want to know, I want to be in that meeting where they were like, uh, I'd like to talk to everyone about a new product I'd like to bring to the table. Uh, I got some paint scraps. Put that in a nice little gold uh, bracelet and they're going to fly off the shelves. Sick. And they were like, yes, Tim, we love that idea. Let's do it. Of course it. he's called Tim. <laughs> <laughs> At the start of the show, I asked the audience, what is the only film broadcast by the UK's Sky Comedy Channel every February the 2nd? I suspect someone's going to get this immediately. Let's go to the panel and see if anyone can take a guess. It's got to be Groundhog Day, right? It is Groundhog Day, yes. February the Ooh. 2nd is Groundhog Day, and on that day, Sky Comedy plays that movie on repeat. With that, thank you very much to all of our players. Let's find out where can people find you, what's going on in your lives. Uh, let's start with Beryl. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, it's really simple. Just Beryl Sheroshevsky rolls right off the tongue. But just search Beryl. You'll find me. <laughs> Jacqueline. Uh, also on YouTube, the channel's called Nothing But Tech, but if you also just looked up, like, Jacqueline Dallas, it would come up. And Alec. I am also on YouTube. You can find my channel name, Technology Connections. And, yeah, that's pretty much the only place you find me these days. <laughs> it's, it's the same with me. The, the others just don't seem worth it, do they? But if you do want to find out more about the show, then you can find us at LateralCast. Pretty much every social network still. And if you want to know more about the show or send in an idea for your own question, you can do that at LateralCast.com. And you can see video highlights every week at YouTube.com slash LateralCast. With that, thank you very much to Alec. Bye. To Jacqueline. Thank you for having me. And to Beryl. Whee! <laughs> I'm Tom Scott, and that's been Lateral. <laughs>